Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. This is the 2022 NFL Combine Experience Edition with the man that was there and experienced it all. He is the uh, editor-in-chief at uh, the Browns Wire, USA Sports Media Group. And now, I think, I have this correct, the uh, host of the Browns Wire podcast, Jared Mueller. That is correct. That is correct. A little talky-talky along with my writing-writing. <laughs> yeah, how about that? That's uh, that's a new uh, a new one on your plate there. How are you enjoying that, the uh, the podcast? I am. I have a unique opportunity, and we're really working on growing that. Um, honestly, from the Combine, where, I, uh, you know, over the last decade, I've met some people really nationally, and that was that's going to be some of my goal is to try to get different people on the podcast. There's a lot of great podcasts. Uh, yours included, uh, in, in kind of our space. And so how not to, not to want to be different, but to bring something unique. Right. And so that was part of my goal. And and then obviously I'm a, I'm a mental health guy. So there's some things I'll talk about on there that, you know, are unique to thinking and brain activity and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I definitely enjoy that process for sure. Uh, and uh, congratulations, you've taken that over. That, that'll be cool. And uh, I'll be uh, certainly listening and paying attention. You were in Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, how many times have you been to the Combine in, in your life, Jared? It's probably seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that area. So the last wow. two years have been uh, all. I haven't been there, I think. <laughs> I think. I don't think they had it two years ago. And I don't think no. I went last year. Uh, so it's probably closer. It's probably around seven. Uh, and so, um, it's been a really unique experience to, to meet people, to, you know, be in the media room, to have access to certain things, to see people, certain places, all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really a unique setting. Uh, the senior bowl is similar, but not as many people are there. Uh, not yeah. a minute, not as many places to see people and all that, but the combine is pretty clear. There are two places you're going to find agents, team execs coaches all of that pretty much outside of you know the actual lucas oil stadium yeah and those places are the bar the bar and the bar uh the really expensive bar and the less expensive bar uh <laughs> that's probably the the best way to describe it is there's a there's a bit, really big hotel that um has a bar slash restaurant and then an italian restaurant uh that's the cheaper place where a lot of the uh the team stay because they get a bunch of uh, points from that hotel chain because that's uh, an NFL partner. Uh, and then another one is just really darn expensive. Like the cheapest appetizer is like $22. Wow. Wow. Insane. 
So awesome experience, right? Uh, you got to see some some tremendous athletes. Uh, you know, we're going to get into some of that here. Uh, I want to start with let Let's start with this. Uh, well, first of all, talk a little bit about that. Who was uh, your favorite conversation of your period of time in Indianapolis? Anybody that you got to kind of square off with and talk to that would be of interest to us? Well, I don't know if it would be an interest from a Browns perspective. It might be. But I think the most interesting conversation I had, um, well, two of them, one would have some Browns interest. But the first was more of a personal interest story. And that's Ohio State Buckeye, uh, Thayer Munford. Um, he just talked really about Cincinnati and, and what it was like to, you know, grow up where he grew up and live where he lived and survive what he survived and, uh, some of the things that he had been through. And you could just see the kind of the joy of football to him and, um, really appreciating getting out of where he's from and yeah. uh, that he did survive and all of that. Like that stuff is really, you know, it's heartwarming you, but and it, it also makes you want to root for a guy, right? And in, Absolutely. In, in a world where it's hard to find people you really want to root for, you know, Thayer really showed just that he was, you know, just a true dude, like didn't take it for granted, all that stuff. So that was really cool. Um, and then the one conversation that I really, uh, I really thought showed a player that I, the Browns could be interested in is uh, Alec Lindstrom. He's the center. Um, and so I, I specifically went to talk to him and a few other players uh, just to kind of get their idea about the zone blocking scheme. Uh, Keontae Ingram is another one from USC. He's a running back. Uh, just to kind of see their thoughts on the, the zone blocking scheme, how it fits for them. And Lindstrom had just a really great uh, kind of answer. Um, and what I found at the Combine is if you ask X's and O's football questions that know what you're talking about, you're going to get a minute, minute and a half kind of answer. If you ask, did you meet with this team or what are you trying to prove at the combine? You're going to get 15 to 20 second answers. So Lindstrom, uh, I have it up on my Twitter feed, really talked about at his size. By the way, he talks about being 6'3", 296 as small, which yeah. is hilarious to say, right? <laughs> But he talked about leverage and use of things and and uh, using people's momentum and all that stuff. So I just really thought it was a really good answer. And as the Browns look at the possibility of moving on from J.C. Treader uh, with Nick Harris, seemingly the next guy in line, uh, Lindstrom, whose brother went in the first round, is expected to be more of a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. Uh, could be an interesting fit maybe as a backup to Harris if Treader has moved on from. Interesting. Good stuff. Uh, you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Special guest tonight, Jared Mueller of the Browns Wire. Let's uh, bring up bring up some graphics here. First, first and foremost, our whoa, hey now, come on, Mikey. All right, uh, the uh, NFL Combine Experience featuring Jared Mueller. Uh, let's uh, let me ask you this first. Um, just piggybacking off of the last thing you said, uh, J.C. Treader. Um, I pretty much feel like from what I can gather that the Browns like Nick Harris a lot and they like him to, uh, fill that role. Do you feel, am I wrong? Do you feel differently? Do you think they will keep Treader this year? I think Treader is a possibility to be kept. That's, that's okay. kind of where I'm at with that is that, um, you know, next year, Depending on Jack Conklin's recovery, they could go into next year with Nick Harrison and James Hudson or Blake Kantz at right tackle for however many games Conklin would not be available. And while that doesn't seem like a big deal, 
replacing two out of the five offensive linemen could be. Now, I will say um, I'm going to take today's Andy Janovich news as a sign of things to come. And so uh, the Browns did not exercise their option on his contract to save them about one and a half million dollars in salary cap space. Yeah. For perspective, that's probably about a million dollars in general of salary cap space that was saved just because some of the money would be used on whoever replaces him kind of in the in the 50 top 51. And if they're do making that move, Janovich wasn't bad. There's no one who would say he was. That tells me there's a lot of money that's going to be that, that they're looking to take off. Uh, it's something I shared on um, on the Browns wire on one of the posts today is there's a lot of thought that a lot of money is is going to go out. Um, whether it's Treader, Landry, Case Keenum, you know, Austin Hooper's got some interesting uh, salary cap maneuverability uh, to push some cap space back a couple years, all of that. So um, I think Treader, it'll, I think bringing back Conklin makes it more likely Treader is gone. Um, but they like what they have on their offensive line. I just don't think they can continue to spend money at every stinking position. Even Jedrick Wills, you know, a, a top pick in the NFL draft, he's getting paid a little bit. So at some point you just can't not have that much money and assets tied up into the, to the offensive line. It feels like Jared, like uh, for me, some of the money that they are in free with you, I think there's a lot of money going out, right? Uh, uh, a lot of the guys that you named, and we'll get to more of those names here in a minute, but some of that money, I think, would be wisely spent on uh, a replacement to Chris Hubbard. So I think they should go out in free agency and get a borderline starting type guy that can be your swing tackle. Like, because of the, the, the question mark around Conklin, I'm not ready to throw Hudson out there. Uh, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, in on the other side, too, with Jed who coming off the not the greatest second year ever, uh, I, I think feeling like uh, that would be some money well spent. I mean, they were willing to go out and spend five, six million dollars on Hubbard to be their sixth line lineman, right? Until he got hurt. And he was, he came in really handy for while he was healthy until he got hurt. And then after that is when they really ran into some problems when injuries arose. So, for me, that almost seems like one of the priorities in free agency. Would you have you thought of it that way, or is that am I uh, off base there? Yeah, I don't think you're off base there. I just think it's unrealistic to expect. And, and okay. the reason I say that is, a Hubbard was coming back from an injury. Um, B, we know he was. He knows the system. Uh, he could be good for a couple games, but we saw when he was a primary starter, he caught it was some problems, right? Sure. Uh, and so there's just not enough offense, good offensive uh, linemen, especially tackles in the NFL. And so to get someone at that level, I think they they would have to overpay. And they liked uh, Hudson actually, at least for Pro Football Focus, graded out pretty well at the end of the season. Uh, okay. And they like what Bill Callahan can do with with linemen. Now that wouldn't That's surprise true. me if a third round pick again was was you know they got an extra third an extra early fourth if they spent an early pick on another offensive lineman that would not shock me um, but I think they like what they have with Hudson and Hans uh, developing I mean Hans is only an exclusive rights free agent uh, they tendered him today so two really really young guys that, that they like the development of I'd actually wouldn't be totally shocked if a player like Michael Dunn or Hans could be used as a trade uh, uh, chip as a part of kind of upgrading another position because there just is so few offensive linemen that actually, that can actually play in the NFL. 
Yeah. Uh, that's a really good point. Interestingly uh, enough, as you bring up those guys, we'll get to today's news. First and foremost, uh, David Njoku franchise tagged. I can't remember the last time Browns used a franchise tag. I think it may have been Phil Dawson. Yeah, Dawson. Yep. Uh, nice, good memory. Yeah, so uh, not often they use it. Uh, but, you know, here again, Rappaport, source the Browns tag tight end David Njoku. Uh, first one, it actually, I don't think this one, didn't Orlando Brown get tagged or maybe not yet? Yeah, Orlando Brown got tagged and then yeah. later, uh, Jesse Bates from Cincinnati got tagged. Okay. Uh, those were the three that were, everybody was kind of no-braining, right? So, uh, the Browns and Njoku's agent, uh, Malki Kawa mm-hmm. have, uh, been in long-term negotiations on an extension the hope is that the tag is in place. Is it just a placeholder for an eventual deal? Um, they also, as you mentioned, uh, tendered three exclusive rights free agents, Jamarcus Dunn and Blake Hance. So that's, uh, and then you mentioned earlier too uh, with Janovich, right? So that is the action that went on today. Some stuff on Njoku. This is from the Browns Wire. Uh, I think... Um, Jeff wrote this. Yep, Jeff took care of uh, that. So uh, the move uh, beats Tuesday's deadline to tag any uh, pending free agents uh, in Joku for the 2022 campaign. Uh, he is the tag commits him 10.8 million dollars in fully guaranteed salary. Um, they can still work out a long term contract, as we know. And Joku, who's still just 25 years old, caught 36 passes for 475 yards and four touchdowns last year. Uh, his fifth season with the Browns, he was a first-round pick out of Miami back in 2017. So, as far as Njoku goes, does this, first of all, do you like this, and do you think they'll come to a deal, a long-term deal? Yeah, I think so. So I'll start with that. You know, uh, 8.30 this morning, uh, my words were the expectation around the league is that Cleveland will be bringing back Njoku one way or another. Uh, so they've been, they have been working on that deal. Um, I didn't, I didn't have officially the tag because they were hoping to get a deal done, but they're just like, let's just get this tag on them. I do like it. Listen, uh, the reality is, is box score scouting doesn't do Njoku's game justice, right? So no. 36 receptions, he had 53 targets, right? Like the reality is he makes stuff happen on 53 targets. And we know Baker Mayfield did not play well this year. He had 36 receptions, 475 yards four touchdowns, right? If you take, uh, and again, only in, um, he played in 16 games, uh, but if you take Hooper's targets or most of those and give him to Njoku, I think he's going to do more, right? We joke that Austin Hooper is a is almost a fullback at this point in time, the, as slow as he moves and all of that kind of stuff. So, no, I like overall the move. I think he's going to get paid a lot more than anybody uh, would like to have him paid, but I also know that uh, from conversations of the Combine, there are a lot of NFL teams licking their lips at the opportunity to get David Njoku. Like the $10 million a year price tag was yeah. not a concern to them. Like they're like, right. great. Can we get that? Can we get in on that? 25 years old, five years of experience, right? We've seen injuries and um, really, and some poor quarterback play at times really kind of be his hiccup. Uh, but he, the outside of Kareem Hunt is the most dynamic explosive playmaker uh, on the, in the Browns passing game. Uh, now that's that says something about the wide receivers, but it also says something about Njoku. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Hooper's targets, and 
it feels like if they're going to negotiate a long-term deal for Njoku, you want to use him more going forward. And that's kind of always been the complaint with him. And it's always ever so, uh, so obvious to everybody, but it's, you know, easier said than done, right? Um, so when we talk about Hooper, it gets kind of tricky. I'll ask you this. Do you want to see Hooper back? A. B. If not, uh, there's some cap gymnastics they can do, right? Post-June 1, I think they can kick that can down the road a little and save some additional cap space this year. And this goes to your point earlier about some money going out the door. So talk a little bit about this situation and what you think will happen with Hooper. Yeah, I think the reality is I don't love the on a dead cap overall that it costs to do that. Sure. Um, the really nice thing at the end of 45 yards, like he had, you know, he had a worse season than David Njoku. Uh, yeah. And so I think moving on from it makes sense. I don't know. Like, that's a lot of uh, cap uh, or dead cap, but they've paid out a lot of their money. So I could see them getting rid of him as a part of the process. I could also see a team uh, making a, a sixth round pick and Hooper, you know, renegotiates his contract for that new team, those kind of things. Um, because the reality is, is you, you're not getting a lot out of him. And for that amount of money, it's, similar to the Jarvis Landry contract, to be very honest with you, that the production and the contract just don't match up. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And, um, you know, on the surface, it just looks like they'd save a couple million dollars. And like you said, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of dead cap there. But, it, you know, I guess it, it, what it would do is it would, what, just kick all of this, uh, pro, the prorated, uh, yeah. options and signing bonuses and kick it all into the, you know, the next year then, uh, right. after post June one. And then it ends up freeing up like something like maybe six million or something. something yeah. So it's more like, like three like and a half this year, dead cap, yeah. but like nine next year. But, you know, this year, the salary cap, we just got the official numbers, went up $27 million, I believe. Uh, yeah. and, and so, like, the reality of, of what it is is, um, you know, the, the cap is going to go up, and Andrew Barry's been planning around that. And if, if Baker Mayfield doesn't get extended, all of a sudden a big chunk of money that they thought they're going to have to spend is, is kind of freed up, right? Maybe at yes. some point they'll, they'll, they'll extend Denzel Ward. That'd be great because I'll tell you – Ward and it's in the piece from this morning. Ward and Kareem Hunt were the two names that I had bandied about. Like, do you think they could trade them? We're interested. What might they give up? For? What might they want? We've tried to have some conversations. They're playing a little coy. Uh, you know, some hmm. of that kind of thing. And and you look at it and you're like, wait, Ward's going into his final year of his contract. He yeah. hasn't been extended. Kareem yeah. Hunt is going into the final year of his contract. And Nick Chubb just got extended, right? Yeah. They've got to make a decision about Dearness Johnson. Do they give him a restricted free agent tender like they did Canaro Hodge last year? Like, there's just so many moving pieces with this team um, that it's just going to be uh, fun is maybe not the right word. I don't want to be on Twitter if the Browns trade Denzel Ward uh, <laughs> or Kareem Hunt. Uh, Me neither. But that's that's going to be – It's there's just a lot of options out there for the team as they look to – to figure out how to make the offense work and how to get a defensive line. Cause they've got miles Garrett and bumpkiss really after yeah. him right now on the defensive line. Okay. So that moves me to, uh, clowny. Uh, I, you know, it, I'm working on my blueprint article for, for our, uh, publication. Clowny is my like number one defensive thing. And, and 
I would spend the money on him and bring him back, A, because it worked with him, right? It worked with him here, and he was very effective here, and he knows the defense, and the defense was, uh, you know, top-notch towards the end of the season. Uh, is that enough for you to want to bring him back, or do you think that somebody is just going to pay him an outrageous amount of money? I don't really see that at this point. I, I think the Browns can get him at a reasonable rate. Do you think that's crazy? No, I think that's. I don't think that's crazy at all. I think uh, that's really what they're betting on, right? They yeah. could have franchise tagged him. Uh, not right. that it's a good idea for twenty whatever million, because it gives them such a great starting point for for a long term contract extension. But I think what the Browns are betting on is that teams will look at his age, his. I mean, time in the the league. I think he's going to go to into year nine at this point in time. Uh, might mm-hmm. be year eight off the top of my head. Um, all the injury history that is. You know, that he was successful because freaking Miles Garrett was across the way. Like, I think the Browns are betting that Clowney's market isn't going to be what he thought it was going to be. Um, he did like it here, but I also appreciate his candor. He said at the end of the year, money, that's what's yeah. going to decide what he does. And so if he goes out there and he gets $15 million a year, the Browns might pay 16 right? That's about what they were offering two years ago when he turned him down and went to Tennessee. I think what's really interesting is when you look at his his contract he signed last year, you know, the voidable years and all of that means this year, whether they have him on, they can do nothing about this. This year, they have 3.6 dead money for Jadavian Clowney, whether he's on the team or not. More cap space, obviously, if they sign him. 2.7 in 2023, $1.8 million in 2024, and almost a million dollars in dead cap in 2025. Whether Jadavian Clowney is on the team or not, there yeah. is that doesn't matter. That crap already happened. So it's a really interesting uh, kind of setup contract. I think he's really, really important. Um, but I don't know if maybe like a Chandler Jones, uh, if he isn't franchised or transition tagged by the Arizona Cardinals, if the Browns sure. may want him. He's a different kind of player. Um but right now, they freaking need some defensive linemen. They just do not have them. Uh, and so Clowney is the guy. You know, I wrote an article. Olivier Vernon might be a good option for them coming back after a year off because of his Achilles tendon tire. And we know Tag McKinley most likely isn't going to play. Or if he does, it's literally at the end of the season next year. So, yeah, I mean, I think it feels like Clowney or bust a little bit. Um, and I think that's why there's so much talk of Barry involved in trade conversations. Um, because I think that's one way he he's going to be able to upgrade the roster where there aren't free agents or he's not willing to pay the free agents. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, in the interior, the interior defensive line free agent class is, is kind of shit, to be honest. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's going to have to get creative on the interior a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, trade wise. And I actually brought that up on another show too. So that's interesting. Let's get to some of, okay. So let's go to this first. Uh, you, you liked the idea of Calvin Ridley, uh, Suspended, done, right? Do, am Why I you gotta do me you, like that? I know, right? What is what the hell is he doing? Goes on us. Uh, 
and he's betting on football while uh, working on his his mental, right? Uh, yeah, he, I think it's I think it's really interesting. First of all, I I love when I get validated. Like I we all need it, right? We all like to feel like we know what we're talking about. So this morning I reported the Browns had had some conversations about Calvin Ridley and Robbie Anderson trade conversations. Jordan okay. Schultz reported that um, the Browns had called the Falcons about Calvin Ridley. So validation awesome. that feels really good, right? Like, hey, my people know what the freak they're talking about. And yeah. then obviously this bullcrap comes down. Listen, you cannot bet on football if you're a football player. On the other <laughs> hand, this dude had no inside information. He wasn't around the team. Right. He wasn't playing for the team. Uh, and the NFL makes freaking millions of dollars off of betting. You still can't do it, but there's a level of hypocrisy to, to some of this, right? And sure. Uh, but again, it's, it's silly. It's stupid. It wasn't a lot of money. And. It's really interesting how cut and dry the NFL are, is about some things. We saw this with Josh Gordon, right? Uh, and all of his substance abuse related yeah. issues. They're cut and dry about that, but, you know, they were giving domestic violence one and two game suspensions. You know, the, the Washington owner, Dan Snyder and yeah. um, John Gruden and all that stuff, like all the racial and uh, misogynistic crap uh, gets swept under the rug and you bet $1,500. And you lose 10, right? Million. Uh, yeah. like, it's just so interesting to me. But yeah, it's really sad that, that Ridley's out. I, I don't know if that, you know, increases the price on a player like Robbie Anderson or, you know, any other trade candidate at wide receiver. Um, but I was really looking forward to that, uh, buy low kind of thing where you could trade a future pick, a 2023 pick to get a Calvin Ridley. And he failed me and most, more importantly himself. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's tough. Interesting though, cause my, my thought process along wide receiver, and we'll get to this here and we'll kind of tie this into the, the combine real quick and then we'll do the same thing on the defensive, uh, uh, line. Cause those are the two key spots right here. So wide receiver, um, I kind of feel like those big free agent contracts and not, not that you, you know, not that Ridley would have been that cause it wouldn't have been. But the guys that are out there in free agency that would require top money to come in and be a wide receiver one, those deals don't tend to work out. Uh, so I very much am an advocate of them going and getting that guy at 13. Are you in the same boat there? Yeah. Um, there's a piece up from a while ago. Uh, TA, who does a lot of analytic stuff and is Cleveland yeah. based. Um, he talked exactly about that, that wide receivers switching teams on contracts. I believe it was like over $6 million barely produce for their new team. So absolutely. There is so much data over the last five, 10 years, but that doesn't tend to work out. Dwayne Bow is still probably cashing some checks. Um, <laughs> so I'll share it here because it's, it's in writing. Yeah. Uh, if the draft was today, Garrett Wilson would be the selection at okay. 13 period. Okay. Um, now if he's not available or things change, that's a different conversation. Uh, Drake London, uh, Traylon Burks would actually be number two at wide receiver currently because London has not tested at all. Uh, yeah. Burks would be their number two wide receiver. Uh, and then I'm going to mispronounce, uh, George Carl Affetis. Uh, yeah. the Purdue defensive end is also in conversations for that 13th overall pick. The surprise is that cornerback is actually in discussion at 13. I don't believe it'll be Derek Stingley Jr. Hmm. There's a lot of concerns about uh, the LSU prospect at corner, uh, but that's really kind of where they're at right now. At the end of the combine, 
Uh, it's Garrett Wilson would be the pick today. Uh, then we go to Traylon Burks, um, the defensive end from Purdue, which I just hate butchering people's names. I need to get get that down before this draft cycle really kicks up. Uh, yeah. And then you're looking at some cornerback issue or cornerback play, which I think Why? is really interesting. Corner. Uh, I That doesn't seem like a high priority for me. It doesn't seem like it either. Now, I will say Pro Football Focus, who yeah, obviously is very analytics driven, and I've covered it a few different times in a few different places, really believes coverage is more important than pass rush. Sure. Um, and there's reasons for that. Uh, and so it seems like the Browns believe that a little bit, too. Right. And so um, but it also it gives me a little inkling about Denzel Ward. Right. You know, does Ward want to get out of the state? He's been here, you know, for a long time at this point in time. For uh, perhaps all his life, I don't want to speak into that because I don't have it off the top of my head. But, you know, Ohio State, Cleveland hasn't signed an extension. Browns are interested in a cornerback at, at 13. You're never going to take a slot at 13, right? You just no. picked Greg Newsom last year. You'd still have Greedy Williams around. He's a name to, that, that could be traded. Um, so 13 so seems Hill. like, you know, Troy Hill is your interior guy. So th- that that's what gave me a little inkling that that Ward conversation could be real. It doesn't mean it is, um, but it could be real. And I think some of that is just really they value cornerback just that much, man. And so they don't need an offensive lineman that high. They don't get a receiver or, or a defensive lineman. Uh, I don't know what they think about Jordan Davis. That dude was moving and is, is a freaking mountain. That That's they would just question. save value, yeah. That's my next question. Would you? Can you justify taking Jordan Davis or the other Georgia uh, Wyatt, defensive? Yeah, um, Wyatt. Um, Wyatt's too old. Um, so I will t- encourage everybody. Jack Duffin uh, does a great job, and he's got some stuff out uh, on Twitter, just Excel spreadsheet type stuff. Devonte Wyatt. Thank you. Yeah, I knew his last name. Couldn't think of his first name. Um, you know, to be honest about Jordan Davis, I don't know. Um, because I didn't think he'd be a possibility at 13. I really haven't looked at him. Uh, obviously, I'm very much Brown scout, not overall scout. Um, if they think he's a three down player, absolutely. Like they need a push on the interior. I think it would absolutely make sense for them. I'm not sure someone that size. It was my concern uh, with Makai Becton as an offensive lineman in the system. You know, when like size is really fun and cool and all. But that crap wears you down so quickly and it makes it really hard to move late in seasons, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth year, all of that kind of stuff. So drafting somebody that large that you're not sure in year six or seven if he's going to be a fraction of himself is just really difficult, despite the fact that he was jumping. I think he was like an inch shorter than Garrett Wilson or something like that in his broad jump. It was crazy. So. I'll have to do a little bit more film study because obviously the numbers are just the numbers when it comes to the combine. Uh, do we see that on film? Is he really a three down player? Uh, and what, a, what does it look like with his body type and all that? Yeah. Very interesting stuff there. I saw a mock to the Browns at 13 today by CBS. Um, okay. Devonte Wyatt, Jordan Davis, uh, any of these guys you like here to see maybe in the second round? names that really jump out to you that you think would be an ideal pick at what is it 44 i think so yeah so uh-huh. uh, if you scroll just a smidge more if we get to leal uh if the marvin okay. leal somehow falls in the second round i absolutely would jump all over him um a little later if you scroll back up thomas from stanford um i feel really good about uh him more of as a third round pick 
uh, somewhere okay. in that area. And I think Winfrey, if I remember right, might be a little outside of their kind of their age desire. Um, yeah. But the Marvin Leal is a is a player that um, just didn't develop exactly how people would want him to in college. But I might run that ticket up. So Perrin Winfrey there, uh, Thomas, I'm sorry, Booker. I said Thomas as his last name, Thomas Booker From at Stanford. Stanford. That's, that's a third, fourth round kind of guy currently based on what our expectations are. Uh, I would love to Marvin Leal. Haskell Garrett's hilarious, but I'm not sure he's, you know, <laughs> their kind of guy. He's a, a hilarious yeah. guy. Um, so there are some guys there in the, in the second and third and fourth round, um, that I would have some interest in. I actually took Booker, uh, in my mock, my post combine mock draft today. Uh, so there are some players there, but I, I think Leal is a really interesting, um, kind of prospect, whether the Browns yeah. would love him or not is, I'm not sure. Interesting. Uh, I know Tra- Joe, this Jones kid from Connecticut, I see mocked in the second round a lot of the time. Um, do you think he goes above that? Is that what you're thinking or no, he's possible there in the second round. Um, okay. I just, I haven't got to Connecticut tape. Uh, yeah, so no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't got to all of that. So I, you know, listen, I, I'm not the guy who pretends like I know when I don't. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Understandable. The incredible performance by Jordan Davis at the combine though. Absolutely remarkable. Uh guy is a freak of nature. And that kind of makes you think, Hey, maybe he can do it on three downs. We'll have to see. Right. Um, Wide receiver, you know, interesting stuff, 40 times, obviously. Boy, Garrett Wilson, I thought, you know, okay, let me ask you this. How in the hell can they not have, uh, I mean, Olympics, horse racing, whatever it is. I mean, it's 2022. Why are we depending on guys with stopwatches in their hands still? What the hell is going on? I have no idea. To be honest, I thought, uh, who was the old guy? Charlie Casserly, I think, if I'm right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought they were just keeping him around and to make him feel useful, but then they replace him <laughs> with someone and, and don't have him well trained. I don't mean that to be rude. Like the dude is a legend, yeah. whether he's smart about what he makes decisions. I don't care. Like he's made his name in the game. I thought they were just kind of, you know, keeping it going because of him and then they just replace him and it's terrible. I have no stinking idea there are some people that probably still believe that chris olave ran a 426 right because the broadcast said he ran a 426 lebron yeah. james tweeted about it he yeah. did a video for nfl doc or yeah nfl.com's twitter going yeah 426 thanks lebron good shout out whatever it was and the dude ran a 439 which is a great time right like it's a really good time it just pales in comparison to 426 Absolutely. And, and the shame of it is, and the craziest thing about it is, is he could have ran again. Right. But he didn't because he ran 4-2-6 and thought, he, why run again? I'm not going to run. Listen, I would have ran to the I'm bar I'm not going to run any faster bottles. than that, yeah. right? Yeah, like exactly. Run champagne. right out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right yeah. out of the stadium. And I heard about all the, like, the reality is, is the failure of this combine had nothing to do with Indianapolis. Let's just be very clear. Indianapolis is perfectly set up for this event. And then the NFL and and the Indiana Sports Commission failed everybody, players, teams, fans in in attendance, fans at home. And heck, even the lazy media like me, they literally continue to move. Um, If I could explain to you what it's like to get to the the media room, to to the actual interview room, the only place we could actually do any work besides sitting at a table, it literally, I passed, I counted one time, I passed. 
68 doors, I believe, uh, between where we are and then this long winding hallway down some steps and down another long winding hallway to get the interview room. Like they literally failed everybody. I needed a hoverboard to try to get from where we were to where we were going. Um, let me ask you this as we get, we wind down here. You said if it was today, the pick would be Garrett Wilson, right? Yep. Why? They see Garrett Wilson as a player who in their system, it can be elite, right? So they see a guy who I don't know how he didn't jump out of the gym. His vertical wasn't that impressive, but they see a guy who is explosive. His, his broad jump was pretty darn good. Um, they see a guy who's explosive, uh, who has good route running his, the reality is the one thing he does best. And uh, Brian Baldinger tweeted about this. The one thing he does best, you can't measure and that's body control. Uh, yeah. And so whether it's Baker Mayfield, who has had some accuracy concerns after being really accurate in college and early in his NFL career, or it's say they have to go with a rookie quarterback the following year. Um, he makes things happen, right? So when you talk about catch radius, normally we're used to talking about arm length, uh, but Garrett Wilson can jump that way and catch the ball over here somehow. Um, and so he just has the ability to make plays in a variety of ways with the ball in his hands. He's electric. Uh, he's got really good hands. His route running is really solid. So overall, they see him as a player who can make a difference. There's the little bonus uh, that Wilson and Mayfield uh, uh, practice together during the pandemic. So they have a little bit of a, more of a feel for each other than, than anybody else. And we saw what that meant to, obviously, a bigger connection, but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase knew each other really, really well. And, um, you know, that really played out really well for the Bengals last year. Now, we're not assuming Garrett Wilson will have a Jamar Chase kind of year, uh, but, you know, they, they know each other uh, from the same area, all of that kind of stuff. There's just a lot Did of things. Did he go to Lake Travis? He went to Lake Travis, uh, but was uh, born in uh, Austin, but he went to Lake Travis. Okay. Uh, so, you know, they just know each other. There's some of that connection, but the reality is, is they think he's a guy who can do a lot of things. He can take the lid off the defense, uh, but he can, you know, he can run those slants. He can run those those digs. He can run those those posts, you know. So off of play action on some of those boots and short rolls, he can just do a lot. And then his catch radius, both because of his ability to leak, his leap and his explosive ability, as well as his body control, he can catch a lot of balls that maybe other people couldn't. Right. So at some level, he's the anti he's antithetical to Jarvis Landry, who. What you see is what you get. He's catching the ball that's near him. He's getting the yards that, you know, he can get kind of thing. Uh, Garrett Wilson, and that's not me trying to knock Jarvis Landry. Garrett Wilson can make a lot out of a little, and he can make the catches other people just could not um, based on his body control and his explosive ability. Um, he performed really well at the Combine. People thought it was a really good performance all around. Um, the size measurables here aren't really accurate. He came in smaller and lighter than this, didn't he? I think that I think that's right. I've got some uh, some official stuff I need to – I'm sorry. I think you are right, um, as you say that. I just need to look real quick because I didn't have that pulled up. Um, I do know he did not seem big, and what yeah. we know is that a lot of the – the guys will literally cut weight so that they can, uh, right. yeah. So five eleven and and six eighths uh, uh, and one hundred and eighty three pounds uh, okay. is is, so a, is, that's is official. About right. yeah, yeah. So I mean, they just oh yeah, the one hundred eighty three. So they rounded up a little bit on the six eighths. Um, so the, really, the only thing that was bad for him 
um, really was his vertical was expected uh, to be better than it was. That's really about the only issue uh, that we actually saw for him is that he just didn't jump out of the gym like most people expected him to. Um, and so he actually only had a he had a lower vert than Chris Olave. It's 34 and a half. So yeah. that's really the only thing he didn't do well. Um, everything else, you know, they, it was in line with kind of what they expected. What is your uh, wrapping this up here? Is it, and you're watching all eyes on Cleveland with the great Jared Mueller of the BrownsWire.com. Jared, what's your comp for Garrett Wilson? Do you have one? Ooh, I did not have a comp for Garrett Wilson. Um, so I heard Stefan Diggs. Diggs, so Diggs is bigger was, than that, yeah. right? Uh, I don't remember actually. Diggs was one of the guys that I was thinking of, uh, for okay. him. Kind of that, um, uh, yeah, that, that thin frame, but can really make plays, really good route runner, all that stuff. Like, I think Diggs is a, is a good kind of look for him. Um, uh, I'm not great with comps. And on a si- quick side note, uh, just as we're talking, David Njoku tweeted the word blessed. Whatever that means, right? We're in that kind of silly season. Um, <laughs> Cryptic, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I, you know, one of the things to think about, and this is not a comp people are going to like, but remember the New York Giants version of Odell Beckham Jr., that body control was unique, right? Like the ability to, you know, we know the catch, but that body control was huge. His ability to stop and start and all of that. And so I'm not saying he's best case scenario OBJ, you know, the New York Giants version. But he does have some of those traits that are that are really nice to see. There, there you go. Six foot one ninety one, um, and you know that's after being in the league. And, and guys tend to put on weight after they're in the league for a few years. So that's actually a pretty good size comp too. Uh, I'd be interested to know what Diggs ran in at, in the forty. But um, interesting stuff there. You know, if, if he's a my concern, obviously, is size. Like, I'm the kind of guy that will lean towards the prototypical number one. That's kind of why I'm like, oh, Drake London, you know, I, I want to see what he does because just AFC North, big, strong wide receiver. Uh, and I feel like it would be easier. To, it's easier to fill in for me in free agency with with your role type guys and not that he's a role type guy, but you know, I like Christian Kirk. I like, uh, there's some guys I like in free agency that I think could fill roles for the Browns. But, um, what are you shaking your head at? Well, one ESPN said Christian Kirk crap. I'm going to be a little off on this. I think they, they estimated that Christian Kirk is going to get $12 million a year, which tells you what the crap is going to happen in the market. That's what I was shaking my head at. Uh, Diggs ran a a four, four, six. So a slower 40 time. Um, Interesting. And to be honest, you and I are different on this. So I always say size is not a skill. It's a trait. And I'm not, that's not like some fancy thing. Uh, So for me, it's, can it be, it can be a tiebreaker. Right. Yeah. But if I'm grading Garrett Wilson as a receiver, I'm not going to let Traylon Burks's or Drake London's size overcome what I think of a player as a receiver. Now, if they're similar, I'm like, yeah, cool. Give me the bigger dude, right? That runs yeah. faster. Like, cool. I don't, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think I, I really have to fight myself because when I see Traylon Burks, he's a good example. I see what I hope he can become as a receiver. You know, the whole um, Debo Samuel comparisons, all that. And I'm like, man, that would be so cool. 
but I didn't see it, right? Like I saw it, but I didn't see it. Garrett Wilson, we saw it. So um, I think you are talking ceiling floor as well, right? I think yeah. the hope is, is that London Burks will have higher ceilings. Um, probably we agree that Garrett Wilson probably has a, a pretty uh, significantly higher floor than the other two. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and absolutely. And, and not so much Burks, you know, Burks kind of, uh, he did not perform well at the combine and not that that would knock, you know, my opinion of him. He didn't have a very good combine numbers wise, but you know, um, I think some people expected him to do a little bit better, but he, you know, he is bigger and thicker guy. So that's not where he's going to excel. He's probably better on tape than that. Uh, and I'm never going to judge anybody on, on these type of things alone, but they're interesting points and and certainly Garrett Wilson's interest and in, in your you know you talking about that is is very intriguing to me I, I he's an intriguing player I will give you that he's a very intriguing player um I have a guy he, that I want to add with him that you might like okay go so ahead. give me Garrett Wilson in the first round okay and, and give me Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati six foot okay. three and one six two eleven I'm a fan I'm a right fan. ran four four one wow yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so add six three to Garrett Wilson, but also yeah. this dude's really fast. Uh, give me him in the third round. Give me some defensive tackle or defensive end in in the second round, and fill out the rest. Give me a kicker in the fourth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> give me a punter yeah. or a kicker. Right. Um, so there's my. I like pairings because I think they might double up. Uh, and, and pairing Garrett Wilson and Alec Pierce is, is kind of you know right up my alley because I think George Pickens. Uh, ends up going in the second round. So I think it's a little hard to go back to back wide receivers. I think Pierce, I think it was Pierce, right? Is one of the few, he made that list or whatever of guys over a certain height to run a certain time. And there's only like eight names on the list and Pierce, uh, broke that list. Yeah. It, that's uh, your like, it, that's your like heaven list, right? Yeah. That, that's perfect. Right. Uh, I love <laughs> that. So, um, interesting stuff about Garrett Wilson. And the interesting thing too is, you know, Olave, just as fast. A lot of people think of him as more polished, a more polished receiver at this point. Would you agree with that? You just think that Wilson has a, a higher floor? Yeah, I think, well, I think Alave, no, I think Wilson probably has a higher ceiling than Alave, whereas Alave is, that's what I yeah, mean. yeah, yeah, you know, you're good. I think Alave is, is consistent. He's a great route earner. He still is fast enough. Um, again, TA and uh, his analytics, uh, Alave hasn't break it, broken any tackles. He has very little yards after catch, which is very confusing, and very little um, yards after contact. Like, there's some really interesting data with him that that is confusing, right? Uh, yeah. I made some jokes with him that, oh, that's just because he catches touchdowns. Um, but historically speaking, <laughs> Alave's production in those two categories, yak and and yards after contact, are really like the lowest one percent uh, of players at some level that he kind of broke down. So. I'm really intrigued by Olave. I really like him. Um, he does everything really right. Um, I think he's probably a souped up Rashard Higgins, which I don't say that as a, to be disrespectful. Higgins has made it in the league six years at this point in time. And you soup that up and you have a long term number two wide receiver, which is really valuable on the league. That's Possession just normally wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. That's normally 25, 26, 27, top of the second round kind of guy, not number 13. 
Sure, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Interesting, interesting stuff. Great job. Uh, great job with your coverage. I know you're busting your ass in Indianapolis <laughs> there. Uh, I, I lied. My last question is freaking kickers. I don't want to talk about kickers. I hate talking about kickers, but you were there. Is there a kicker that the Browns should draft? There's a punter the Browns should draft, Matt Ariza okay. or Ariza. I'm so bad with pronunciation. Outside of that, there are some kickers in the draft. Um, what about the kid from LSU? I, the I LSU good kicker, stuff about him. yeah. So he he is someone. I think the problem is is there's teams are starting to realize the importance of kickers, and I know that sounds like the silliest yes. thing in the world to say, but they're starting to really realize that the problem is. True. And I always compare it to Major League Baseball middle relievers. A middle reliever can be great for a season or two and then fall off the planet. And we have seen that not just in Cleveland. There's so few Adam Venetari and Justin Tucker's in the league um, that all of a sudden Greg Zerline goes from Greg the leg to Greg. Is he <laughs> kicking anywhere? Like yeah, right. that just happened. Yeah. So it's really hard to spend uh, draft capital on someone who gets the yips, right? The position just seems to be so unstable that I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like I'm not sure how Fickle. long. They can last. So I would love for the Browns, too, because I think it cost them a game or three last year, either the punter or the Definitely. kicker. Listen, Jamie Gillen cost them the Kansas City Chiefs game. I truly believe that. Uh, and they win that game. How much different is the season? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there was other games lost by kicking, you know, kicking, yeah. you could say, you know, missed extra point, which turns into later in the game, you know, yeah, game having track chase and points and yeah. Yep. Uh, it's got to be something, and you see the teams that were in the Super Bowl, and you see the you know even the Bengals are the perfect example of, of how far their kick, their kicker accelerated their offense. He became a weapon, and and you need that. Um, and the Browns have to find that somewhere somehow. So, I hate talking about kickers, but and I hate it because I don't know anything. Like, yeah. I mean, that sounds well, so. Wait, stupid. I mean, how do you evaluate a kicker, right? I mean, like, did he put it in or not? Like, it, it I can in? go to a box okay. score. Yeah. yeah, like, but then you talk to um, Gordon from Pro Football Focus is is a soccer guy as well as a football guy. So he'll talk about mechanics of the leg and all that stuff. And I'm like, great. Is he good? Uh, <laughs> can he <laughs> stay he good? I mean, honestly, I think I should evaluate kickers from a mental health perspective to understand if they're just going to all of a sudden fall off the cliff. Like that yep. might be more important than anything else. Yep. Is he clutch? Right. Is he going to yeah. be? Uh, yeah. That's that's it. Um, great job again, uh, Jared. You were fantastic. Uh, very interesting show. Great take on everything. Good report on the Browns uh, all the way up and down. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I have to ask you. I, I think I covered everything I wanted to. Jarvis, where are you at with the point with Jarvis? Done? I, um, I think they're going to do him like they did Sheldon Richardson last year, which is also why Jarvis tried to get ahead of it on social media. I think they're going to slow play him until they have a better option. And then Jarvis is going to get screwed in the market because it'll be a week into free agency. And then they're like, eh, see ya. Cause we just saved $15 million. I do think they're going to slow play him. I do think there's a possibility of an actual extension that lowers his, his cap number and keeps him here for two or three years, which they're okay with as long as they get the right Jarvis Landry and, and all of that. But Jarvis is going to want to make some money. Uh, and going to want to feel like he's committed to by the team, and that takes some money to do that. And so it won't be the $15 million that he's got coming to him uh, this year. Here's a, 
Here's a question. You mentioned the market on like a guy like Christian Kirk, right? Who I think of as kind of like a poor man's Landry a little bit. Like they're both physical guys, whatever, you know, it, to whatever. And so I'm, and you're saying 12 million for him and he made 16. And if you take last year out of the equation and look at the rest of Landry's numbers in Cleveland, that's what you would want from your second, third wide receiver. Those are the numbers that you would want from him. So what if they gave him $10 million and gave him the ability to make back the six, kind of like they did the Con- the Conklin deal, right? So what if they agree to 10, but if you, you know, catch 900 yards and, and 65 balls, then you, and, and we make the playoffs, each is worth $2 million, you can get back to your $16 million. I, I don't think Jarvis Landry's making 10 million this year, much less 16 million. Okay. Um, the, around the league, the little bit of athleticism that he had has seemed to be sapped, uh, tapped out, just all of that kind of stuff. There's, there's a thought that he is someone who works so hard and puts so much effort in that he's really kind of grinded his, grinded, ground his body down a little bit. So there's thought, thought around the league that he's probably he getting hurt, six. Um, those kind of things is not even just the, the injury, just like he's, he's gotten everything out of his body that he can. Cause he's just not that twitchy kind of guy. Uh, so I think in the end, Jarvis in Cleveland might get seven or eight kind of on an average over two or three years to get his 16 in two years kind of thing. Uh, around the league, he might only be getting six or so. Uh, so I think he'll get a little bit more in Cleveland, but I think, I mean, I think they don't really care so much about what Jarvis wants at this point in time. No, I don't think they either, and nor should they. I mean, it's a business, right? So I, I get that, um, and I get the slow play thing, and I don't necessarily feel bad for them. I want them to do what's best for the roster. So, hey, great job, Jared. Great job covering the Combine, as usual. Fantastic, and I kept you much longer than I said I would. And But you were fantastic, and a uh, great show, man, and thank you for joining us, as always. Jared Mueller, he is the managing editor of the Browns Wire for USA Today Sports Media Group, and now the host of the Browns Wire podcast as well. Uh, any parting words, Jared? Uh, as always, take care of yourself, take care of others, and go Browns. There you go, sir. Have a good one. Uh, Jared Mueller, fantastic as always, covering the Browns at the Combine. Did a great job. Interesting, interesting stuff. Telling us tonight, you know, Garrett Wilson would be the pick for the Browns right now. Bringing up that corner is not off the table. It makes you wonder what they're thinking about Denzel Ward. I think that's absolutely insane that they would even be thinking about corner at that point. Uh, I think that Ward proved this year, last year, and I think he has proven that he is an elite corner worth paying that money. And I think he'll actually probably set the cornerback market. I think the Browns are crazy if they let him walk out the door uh, because those guys just don't come along that often. Uh, With that, we're going to get out of here. This has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, Thanks for watching. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button on your way out. Show some appreciation for uh, Jared and the tremendous content that he brought back from Indianapolis. Uh, And he is always uh, a fantastic guest. Uh, All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, Go check out the website at www.alleyesoncleveland.com. Mikey on the ones and twos. For Mikey, Jared, I am Brad Ward. And with that, we are.